to another episode of the Not Funny Guys Presents Off the Reels. This is episode 54 of the one and only Genuine Butified Not Funny Guys podcast, the internet's number one podcast on public library recommendations. Remember, if it doesn't say Not Funny Guys, then it's not us. We're the Not Funny Guys. I'm Casey. I don't like that idea, Franklin. I'm joined by Dr. John. No, it's awful. Evans and Eric. Can you hear me now? Linebarger. Gentlemen, say hello. Hello. Hi. You get, my, you get my name wrong every time. <laughs> I feel Sorry. like I've corrected you several times. Now. You have. Would we and we've be... been friends for 10 years or so. I know. <laughs> I, how often do I have to say your last name? It's true. It, <laughs> actually, you say it the way most people do, so it's fine. We'll work on it. I'll allow it. <laughs> we're going to work on it when we meet up to see Fast 10. Oh, yeah. We'll work on it. We'll have a whole weekend. We can <laughs> a whole rehearsal it in for a special bed. episode. Move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to leave a special episode. Be getting his last name right. We're going to. No, saying, the fast ten. Save oh, it. Oh, oh, we've got a we've got a fast ten special plan. You just don't know it yet. Okay. Well, great. All right. Good. I'm glad we understand that. So anyway, how's it going, guys? How how are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, good. Did you That's do anything good. exciting? No. no, apparently no. <laughs> I finished. Um, oh I, I finished my recommendation, my pitch from last week. I finally finished Ringmaster, and boy, that is just chock full of messed up stuff. Nice, mm. nice. Vince McMahon is a charismatic sicko. Really? Yeah. I, I want in. I want you to do a thirty-second pitch on it in a couple of seconds. I'll tell you when to go. You're going to have right. thirty seconds to do a pitch on ringmaster now that you've finished the book actually a review 30 second review are you ready and in four three two go all right ringmaster about vince mcmahon and his rise of glory in the wwe slash wwf beforehand is kind of a sick tale about a guy chasing power driving his family becoming his own character as he then warps the perspective of, of america at large that's it nice I also like learned about how Andre the Giant was buried, or <laughs> shall I say, cremated, and how Bret Hart succumbed to getting screwed. All right. All right. Well, that John, sounds like Vince McMahon. John reclaimed his time on that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I reclaimed my time. You're a liar. I got to look up the rules. Gosh. Uh, Eric, did the you... politics podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Just ladies, if you want to hear more on that, listen to this week's episode of the Not Funny Guys proudly present politics. That's be not, a good one. That's, that's not a great episode. That's not my name. That's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, um, yeah. we need to know this is dying important news. Did you lose at trivia this week? Yeah, we came in second. So, first place losers. Yeah, first place um, losers. It, it, was, it was a tough loss. Um, I've moved on from my bitterness, and now I'm just ennui about things, you know, in life in general. Right. Uh, and I, I realized we, I did, I did do something this week exciting. Oh, what'd uh, you do? Well, it's not that exciting. Did it involve a holiday? <laughs> yeah, come down. Uh, no, no, it didn't actually. Um, which uh, um, we we built uh, um, little little farm beds, little you know gardens, uh, raised garden beds in our backyard farm beds well i mean technically they're tiny little farm beds right uh so we 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 built um just kind of home depot it up or actually yeah home depot uh it's where we got everything shout out i guess you know, free advertising 
Um, and we uh, we just built some raised garden beds, about three. And Rachel's going nuts uh, gardening now. She's She's got some uh, watermelon going, uh, cucumbers, zucchini. You know, we've got some herbs, of course. Uh, I think we're going to have... Uh, some some beans maybe sprout up at some point. So, so that's the exciting thing I did this week. Something new we've never we've never done a garden before. Wow, nice. Yeah, I I, I look forward to photos and um, some fresh vegetables. Yeah, me too. Here's hoping. Oh, we have uh, tomatoes too, of course. So we'll, see. well, you can't have a garden without tomatoes. you can't. It, it's just it's it's not allowed. That's pretty awesome. I like it. Thank you, John. You need a you need a garden. My wife has a garden. Oh, are you growing some of the same things? Can you give Eric some tips? Not now, but can you give him some tips? Uh, no, I would recommend him to speak to my wife. Okay, <laughs> so your your wife will give him the tips. Well, my wife, we have two gardens. We have one outside that's uh, starting to grow again, and we have an internal one that's a hydroponic that where she does things, including um, herbs and all kinds of stuff like that, but nothing illegal. I think Eric can give you some tips on that indoor hydroponic garden. Again, I would say uh, I'd like to direct you to speak to my wife. All right. <laughs> I have your wife about the indoor. Shut up to speak to my wife about the outdoor. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have do anything with it. Well, just like not doing anything with it, I gathered some news, Hey-o. and let's go to us geekly and the news that I gathered this week. Ba bum 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 bum. That's a different jingle. <laughs> All right, so here we go. <laughs> Here's some uh, here's some news. We got we got eleven items. Um, most of these are all really short um, little news things. So the first one, I'm going to do these in a random order since you can see the order I wrote them in. WB blames James Gunn for the performance. The, sorry, the poor performance of Shazam Two. What? So in, what they are arguing is that James Gunn announcing the DC slate hurt the performance for Shazam 2 because people got confused thinking that that movie wasn't important anymore. So Did DC considered that this might be their own fault. Does Zaslav think that this might be his own fault? I'm going to say no, because I'm going to go ahead and think that these people are narrow minded drones who only process things in ones and zeros and dollar signs. Where, where did this blaming occur? Like, was it, and uh, news, like shareholders, what happened here? Um, the blaming occurred, according to the rap. Some studio executives believe that the rebooted slate, um, slate news at least partially contributed to the decline in the general audience interest. Mm. Yeah, so. Well, but hasn't all of DC's films been on a general decline of losing interest? I think um, that's already a prerequisite. Can we add? Its global run was $128 million. Holy moly. So that is bad. That is a little rough. Yeah. It's a tiny bit rough. Just like the look on his face. Yeah. Are they sure maybe they shouldn't blame their lead actor who went on Twitter and made some comments that maybe didn't attract people to him? You know, or maybe they should have released the movie when it was originally supposed to actually they couldn't have released it when it was supposed to come out um, because of COVID. But there was lots of contributing factors to this particular movie. Poor marketing. um, Let's just say that WB is and and Warner Brothers and Time Warner. They're not nimble on their feet about adapting at all. 
No. Well, well, to me, the only thing that did worse than this is the uh, is the uh, uh, Batgirl <laughs> yeah, movie. That does not exist. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Buried in a like, desert somewhere next to like some Atari games. Yeah, no, E.T. Atari game. Batgirl, bomb, bomb, bomb. We don't talk about Batgirl. But speaking, but of that's that. but that's a horrible WB decision, right? And so that has nothing to do with James Gunn. So no, yeah, that has so they they that been was tanking, made before Gunn. They've been tanking the DC brand. They shouldn't be surprised that the TZ brand is tanking. Yeah, no, this was this was on their own, and it said I don't think this had anything to do with James Gunn. Um, in fact, I would argue that that 128 million might be because of James Gunn, mm-hmm. <laughs> because people are like, oh, someone's in charge of this. They can fix things, so it might work out. Speaking of Zaslov and Warner Brothers and doing poor things, apparently, excuse me, the Flash movie, they are cutting out references to the Snyderverse. Now, I have lots of questions about this. Lots and lots of questions about this. But supposedly what they are going to do is they are going to, instead of referring to the Snyderverse, they are going to refer to the 2017 Justice League movie, which is still the <laughs> Snyderverse. It doesn't really matter because it's based on, it's a sequel to two movies that Zack Snyder did setting up the foundation for the Justice League that he filmed most of. So it's still the Snyderverse. You can't okay, get the Snyderverse. Right, let's, just, let's just put it like this. This is a problem of their own creation. I have um, no pity for them. Nope. Oh, I have no pity for them. I just I think it's... Oh, I didn't say you did. I was just implying that I have none. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> dumb that they're cutting this. this. Oh, anyway, I'm just going to move on before ah. we all get upset. Yeah, let's just move on. We're all going to get upset over this one. Just release the movie, relaunch, and move on. Yeah. So next up, we've got... This one's exciting for me and John. There's apparently... I didn't know this until I read this article two days ago. A new animated Transformers movie coming out next summer? And it's okay, going but if to... Michael Bay has anything to do with no. it, I'm going to be disappointed. It's it sounds it's so it's going to be the origin of Megatron and Optimus and how they were friends and parted ways. Okay, and it, it's not tying into the the other stuff, at least not like majorly. It would just be all before that. So I you no, know, they would do themselves a massive favor. If they just went and read the IDW run of Transformers and like took notes. I agree. I say that. But this Just is go read an, those and take notes. This is an easy way to do a soft reboot to move away from the Michael Bay, which they were already doing with Bumblebee. Yeah, but, I know. I feel like they didn't really further anything in that. Like, well, I mean, is this new movie supposed to be that furthering? Well, um, the new Beast Wars is supposed to be, or Rise of the Beast Machines, I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah. That one is actually supposed to further move us away from it. Okay, because huh. it's set the, the Rise of the Beast. Um, Rise of the Beast is supposed to be a soft reboot of the franchise, so yeah. we're already moving away from it. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm optimistically hopeful on this Let's one. See. Optimus so. Primely. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, that's an Eric fact. I didn't, just, I didn't even finish that. It was just funny. like an Eric fact, <laughs> you're gonna get a Twilight TV series because you oh always watch. God, it. why? Based I'm on the surprised. Stephanie Myers books. But I mean, this. Why am I not surprised? They're relaunching or rebooting Harry Potter, aren't they? Yeah. They are um, launching and rebooting Harry Potter. Um, we I actually mentioned that last week. Yeah, um, I know. I'm just re- remembering that after I blacked out. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to watch this, 
but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they could do something to make me slightly interested. I wasn't interested in the movies, but if it's on TV, if it's the right network and if it's the right showrunner, I, maybe. No, I'd rather it, they rebooted True Blood. No, you know what this is? This I is, agree with you, Eric. Let's reboot no. True Blood instead of Twilight. No, this is to try and capture the next generation of soccer moms. Yes, most is. likely. That's most their likely. audience. Their audience is stay-at-home moms. It always has been. It'll be yes. the nostalgia from the kids who watched it as kids and are now you know stay-at-home soccer moms. Yep. Yeah. So other news for TV shows, they are or they have greenlit a Galaxy Quest TV series for Paramount Plus. Okay. I feel like they waited too long. Yeah. Maybe, but it depends on how it goes. If it's a if think if they do it where because Galaxy Quest was a Star Trek show that got taken into the space. The actors became like the real people. What if this is the Galaxy Quest show being rebooted like Star Trek Discovery was, and then that cast gets taken into space? Make it very meta. I mean, it was already a meta concept, but what if they make it double meta? I don't like this movie, so I don't really They care might They might overplay themselves here, I think. I think Possible. this is... I think this might be an attempt to capitalize on the success of like Picard and Strange New World, and I don't know if it's going to work. This is what I like to think of as like you know, uh, executive overconfidence. I will say Paramount Plus hasn't really done anything bad yet, so I will give them the benefit of the doubt. All their shows have been consistent quality. They're not all for me, but they've been consistent quality. So I'm gonna I will give them benefit of the doubt. But I don't like Galaxy Quest, so. Shocking revelation. I know, I know. <laughs> you can write in at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com and let me know how I'm wrong, but I know I'm right, so it doesn't really matter. All right, speaking of also being right and speaking of things that happened, um, do you remember that movie, The Incredible Hulk, that we haven't watched yet? Yes. Okay, that movie had a director. That director is now going to be directing Fast 11. What? Yep. I mean, he okay. did he did direct Transporter, so that's a good movie. But he also directed Incredible Hulk. Interesting. But yeah, he's gonna direct uh, this wonderful movie. We'll see how it goes. Apparently, he also directed Lupin, which I didn't. I need to see. Um, so that gives me hope. Maybe this won't be a train wreck. They are saying though that this is the last in the Fast franchise. Eleven. Eleven is the last of of like the fast. No, I'm oh, sorry. Go to twelve, guys. Come on. Well, I think where they're trying to be like really particular is being like, hey, this is the last with this cast and like this storyline and this, and they're trying to leave it open to we can do other things in the fast universe. You know what they should do? Hobbs and because, Shaw too. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, but if they're trying to like world build, they should like connect with John Wick. Or Mission Impossible. No, or... no, I mean those are already established. Like it's that CD Underworld idea, but I don't know. Then again, like this is kind of superheroes with cars, so I don't know if it quite fits in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm what, Transformers. Would <laughs> Transformers would be fun, but I mean, let's be honest, they've already got two tickets with you and me, Eric. And by the time Fast Eleven comes out, they're gonna have a third ticket. Ayo, for Fitz, <laughs> for John. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. John. We're going to make Dr. John say That's this. a hard no. <laughs> that is a hard yes. But you know what is a hard no? Godzilla X Kong, The New Empire. They released a trailer for it, and that is the next movie title. I don't know how I feel about that. That's why I said it's a hard no. Is it? Is it in the same line yeah, it's as a, the it, old one? It's a sequel to um, Godzilla vs. Kong, or Kong vs. Godzilla. I don't so know like, what it's called. Are they working together now to, like save the island i don't know what is happening here like like they kind of just were like hey we're we're cool with each other right and then they went off to their their own little respective even kong went off to like some island of his own like or, or land of his own right kong's in the kong i don't remember kong, <laughs> he's in the i think he's in the center of the earth if i remember correctly he's on a he's in world three at the moment and i think that's the uh the floating pirate ships He's he's somewhere, but we're getting a sequel. We knew we were getting a sequel. There's also an Apple TV TV, uh, Apple TV show about um, the Godzilla world. So I uh, for, that one's called that one's like Monarch or something. It's the agency that tracks the monsters. What that show is. So anyway, you get a, there's a sh- there's a new movie, and I didn't watch the trailer. I'm a bad person, um, but I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if I want to watch the trailer. Let's not move on. That's what I was about to say. We're going to move on, just like. The WGA, the Writers Guild of America, voted 97.85% to okay a strike. Oh, man. Why is it a 97.85? You know, I don't, I have no idea. Because it was 9,020 people voted in favor, 198 opposed. Okay. So Everything's going to suck for a while. So they have um, the a deal has to be reached by May first before the strike would officially happen. So there's still some time, but we're going to have a strike. Let's just be honest. There's no way the studios are going to give the writers what they want. Does that shut down production across the board, or yes. does that? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, if it involves a writer, it shuts it down. You can make the argument. You can do things like some reality shows oh, because God, no. there wouldn't be scripts. You can make the arguments that, and this is this is what actually happened to Transformers Two, is they took what was written and then they filmed it. There was no because the writers were on strike; they couldn't work on the script to make it better. So that we're movie, gonna get a lot of we're gonna get a lot of that too. That movie is a flying, burning piece of shit. <laughs> it is, but I, in the context of things, I understand why it is, and I because of the no, writers' I strike, I don't excuse it. I just uh, it it is its own thing, but I do I do because it was the writer, so I give it some leeway. It's still a bad movie, but I give I just, it leeway because of that. Look, I'm sorry, but like the idea that you walk out the back of the Smithsonian into a desert, like I don't even need to be a writer to catch that's a dumb idea. You know, I I like that movie more than you, and you can quote more things about this movie. <laughs> no, I can quote that one thing that was terrible. I'm just that was, saying. I'm you, just okay, saying. look, look, you have to understand. I saw this movie thinking it would be okay, and I saw it in a theater where the air conditioning was out in July. Okay? It's like seared like trauma into my brain. One has PTSD. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never watched it. I've never gone anywhere near it in the time since then. Well, 
Not like I can't, I can't do a, a segue on this one. Um, I'm going to try <laughs> to, but this one's too much of a serious one. No. Um, we have Jonathan Majors news, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Majors. Um, so this news story is from April 17th. Jonathan Majors was dropped by his manager. Um, supposedly, Marvel has had zero conversations with the actor about replacing him as Kang. I don't think that's true. Um, uh, I think they've I had conversations, not, but not with him. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I can totally believe they've had conversations behind the scenes. Um, at least their PR people certainly have. Uh, but according to Deadline, the star has parted ways with his longtime talent manager, Entertainment 360, and his PR team, Leedy Company. That's not good. Yeah. Decision was said to be due to issues of the actor's personal behavior. That is story one of two for Jonathan Majors. Uh oh. Yeah. yeah Jonathan, didn't he release some text messages that don't make him look that great? Well, that was that was pre this. Yeah. Um, but according to Variety, a Variety exclusive on mm -hmm. the 19th, so two days later, Jonathan Majors' issues got worse. More alleged abuse victims cooperate with the DA's office. Yikes. So we don't know what's going on. Um, he is being dropped from several things. It's not just, um, not just the military commercials. There was, oh, I feel like there's a baseball commercial that he was dropped from. He was dropped from a couple of movies. Mm. I don't remember what they were. I think there was like, that wasn't Jackie Robinson. There was some movie where he's playing. It was like a biopic um, that he was dropped from. He hasn't been dropped from Marvel but there's starting to be rumors that they're actually going to move Loki season two up to this summer so they can get it out there. And then maybe that's when Marvel will make a decision one way or the other, but they need to get as long as Loki two is sitting there. Cause he's already filmed it. They have an issue. They you need know. to get, they need to get Ant-Man out in my opinion too. Ant-Man's out. Ant-Man's out. Yeah. It's out on, on Disney can, plus. No, but it's on, uh, you can buy it on iTunes. You should be able to get it on Disney Plus in like a week or two. Okay. Um, but they have a bigger problem. Loki right now's room original rumor was to be late fall, early next year. Oh, if really? They wait that long, they've got a big problem, especially if he, you know, gets arrested and goes right. to trial. They need to, they get need it out to release it and they need to find a way to move on. Yep. What they're gonna have to do. What do they have planned for the summer in terms of series otherwise? There is no Marvel series planned for the summer. So they need to they need they got to get this sucker out there. It's time to prove you're better than DC and adjust. Yeah. So that is that is the news that is fit to be read in us geekly. So now let us move on to our wonderful thing that we haven't done in a while. We've got some mail, gentlemen. Whoa. We got mail. Mail call. Sorry, now we just need to have a drop there. in here where we do like the uh, the AOL dial up and make everybody go, huh? I can <laughs> I can let the cat like bring us into the mail because he's meowing loudly. Here's our letter. We got an email from Sam. Sam says, gentlemen, what's the first comic exposure memory you have? So I believe he is asking by reading it correctly. What is the first memory you have being exposed to like a comic book character? Not like the first thing you bought, but what's the first like memory? So for me, 
I would say sitting at home watching Amazing Spider-Man and his friends or Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Uh, that would be my earliest memory that I can think of. Not the first book I ever bought. That would be fant- a fant- or sorry, a Flash issue. Um, it was like Flash 80th anniversary or something. And I still have the comic today. But I do remember distinctly sitting in front of the TV watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And it was I great. Would say, I would say I'm probably the same and probably Spider-Man Amazing Friends or maybe, you know what? Actually, it might be uh, the Super Friends. It's one of those two. It's one of those two, I think. And then, I mean, I think my most impersonal, if I did a comic book, it'd be like about 1991. Mm-hmm. It'd be X-Men number one by Jim Lee. Oh, that's such a good issue. I know. Such a good issue. I can, I can vividly remember that I was collecting comics beforehand, but that was like my real segue into like, oh, I'm on board. You know? Yeah. That, that Flash one for me, like, I, I just, I remember getting it and being like, whoa, there's like, it's like three different flashes. How does this exist? How does this happen? And the art was so good. And it's written by Mark Wade, who I've actually gotten to sign that comic book. And he was like, this has been love. And I'm like, it, it's my first comic that I bought. Like, I know that I bought this with my own money. I remember it. Oh, anyway. Eric, what about you? Um, I So I think the first comic book character I can I can remember is uh batman and that's through uh the 80s batman movie um and uh batman returns as well um i'm pretty sure though i had like spider-man underoos or or pajamas as a kid you know i think i I ran around in like a superman cape so i know that there was early exposure um Mm -hmm. and I, i i had like subscriptions to to comic books and stuff like that as well um Certainly that I remember in, into middle school or, or late elementary school. But yeah, the the Batman stands out for some reason as like one of the main memories that are like um, the uh, the 90s um, Marvel uh, uh, X-Men uh, also is is a series. I, I will it will bring back a lot of memories when I get to see that again. Nice. Or when I get to see the reboot, I guess. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a continuation. It's not actually a reboot. It's just oh, a, fair, fair. picking up right where the story left off. Love it. Oh, no. Then I need. Then I need to catch up. I need to go yeah. back and rewatch. I think you should, that show actually holds up fairly well. Um, not a lot of cartoons hold up that well, but that one. There's something about it. Obviously, there's always going to be some bad episodes, sure. but surprisingly, holds up pretty well. I always kind of like that animation style, the, mm-hmm. the GI Joes and stuff like that as well. Yeah, but when I, John, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Um, I when I saw Batman Returns. Sitting there in the movie theater, it was me and my dad. We were watching Batman Returns. We were watching it in Ruston. And mm. the we're near the end of the movie. Like, we're really close to the end. And the film melted. <laughs> like, literally. What? Like, just like you see in movies. Like, you're, yeah. they, they're watching and you see, like, the hole. And then it grows and melts. The wow. film actually melted on it. So we had to come back the next day and rewatch the whole movie again to see the ending of it. Yeah. Um, but it's a burn in my brain. Wow. <laughs> how um, much? How much of the movie was left? Do you think? Maybe fifteen minutes. <laughs> so, like, right, right, right at all the climatic moments. Basically, yeah. It was. The, it is the strangest. And the killer thing. is. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just so strange because you see it happening in movies, and you're like, oh, that doesn't like that doesn't happen because it's digital today. Like, yeah. My my kid will never know what that was like. John, yours won't, no. and Eric, your your dog Teddy will never know 
what that that experience is like. Man, Teddy's old. He might he might know. Teddy's he might know. He's seen shit, man. <laughs> Teddy's seen some shit. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. Thank you for writing in. Yeah, uh, thank with you, a, Sam. That was with a wonderful question. question. Um, you can write in. You are our friends from other countries. Are are Belgium for? Hey. You can write in and you can let us know what you think of our podcast, questions you might have, thoughts, anything, doesn't really matter, but write in notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com and let us know what we're, how we're doing. Subscribe. Hit that like button. Recommend us to all your friends and family. We're an international podcast, folks. We are. We were looking at the metrics right before we started recording. It was pretty damn cool. Not going to lie. <laughs> But we'll save that for the Not Funny Guys proudly presents three <laughs> wonky guys. <laughs> Coming soon to a podcast server near you. Data. <laughs> Data driven. All right. So I'm I got a I got a question for you guys. Um I got answers. Good. Um maybe. I maybe. want you to give me <laughs> asterisks. <laughs> brief thoughts, gentlemen. Brief. What is fan culture? You mean fanatics? What is fan culture? <laughs> um, let's see. It's magical and toxic. All right. I gave you my two word answer. That's it. Eric, what is fan culture? I think it's pretty broad, but I, I think most notably it's people who are visible or vocally fans of something. And and almost evangelicals of something in their fandom, and therefore they are, uh, you know, it it is part of who they are to be a fan of this thing. All right, I'm going to go back to my original statement there and expound upon the idea of being magical and toxic, and that there are people who are fans of something, and it's great to have a nice community, people you can discuss topics about. I mean, I think about myself and think about going back inside of comic culture for a long time. But just as much as there is great stuff to have to talk to people and share ideas, there is like with everything like the force, there is a light side and a dark side. And uh, the dark side is makes me want to gag. <laughs> it makes me want to run away and burn it down. When I encounter the dark side, I want to pummel them into the earth, or I generally I just walk away. All right, because those kind of people are just so dogmatic that they cannot envision anything that deviates. You know what? Let's go back to what Eric's analogy. It's like religion. You're either there's either some sort of strong dogmatic orthodoxy, and you believe that if you do not exceed, if you somehow exceed or go outside the bounds of that dogmatic orthodoxy, you are heretical. And and they do this constantly. It's like witch hunts inside of itself. It's like a it's like a, a snake that's consuming itself. Like there's there's so much good, yet there's so much garbage. And I'm talking mainly about the fans themselves. That's so, right. The fans themselves can be toxic garbage. I'm going to correct a little bit, and I don't think I referenced mine as as religion. I just said no. It's, you you said evangelical. Kind of you said okay. I was I was working out the evangelical comment, but All I right. thought That's you fair. were getting close to an idea there that 
was similar to what I thought could work there. You're right. It, you did not say it was religious, but you did say that there was an evangelical uh, sort of protestation of their belief and that they like something and they want to share something. It's like proselytizing in a religion. They go out there and they share their good news. But some of the people who do that, there's an easy slippery slope into a dark side where it becomes any deviation is therefore a heretical not. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think the most toxic people, the most toxic fandom out there might be star Wars. There's a follow-up question. What is, if there's toxic fandom, what is the most toxic? I think personally it's star Wars, but I, I was going to say also Casey, when, when you first said it, my, my initial thought went to like, cons and like the people you see at cons you know and and kind of the the cosplay and stuff like that i guess i've always kind of thought of it more as like the the happy family side of it but i you're definitely right you know there there's always the ability to slip into a negative sort of uh energy about things um, the, con- way of doing it. the con piece um goes that that's where i actually came up with this question i was at um wicked um, Wicked Comic Con, I think that's hmm. the official name of it, um, in Boston today. Um, there was actually uh, a horror fest here um, in Salem this hmm. weekend. I'm uh, sorry, this uh, last Thursday, they had Tony Todd there, um, the Candyman himself. And I wish I could have gone to that. I didn't realize it was happening at the time. Um, but that's Sit. what made me think of fan culture. So I, my my answer, I want to get my answer real quick. Um, yeah. My answer for what is fan culture is a group of like-minded individuals coming together to express their likes and dislikes about a particular subject. Subject always will change. It just depends on what they have in common. What's the fandom that they like? Is the fandom Star Wars? Is the fandom comic books? Is the fandom politics? It doesn't actually matter. It all is the same thing. It's always going to be a group of like-minded individuals. I, I think it's sad that politics has become a fandom. That's kind think, of actually super sad. It it is it is sad, and because that's where all, it gets divisively toxic. If you're playing for the wrong team, it's like sports. It becomes a fandom of sports. Yes, fan sports is also a, a fandom. Yeah, um, it's like your team versus someone else's. I think the problem where the toxicity comes in is well, one, we're humans and we just we naturally crave conflict. But I believe that part of the toxicity is we always want to be right and we can't accept other people's opinions. I can't afford a Sega Genesis and all I have is a Nintendo or Super Nintendo. So because I have the Super Nintendo, I love it better than anything else. And nothing can be better than what I have. Because if it's better than what I have, then I made the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of where the toxicity comes from. It goes further and it can go down that rabbit hole and get very nasty to where people have to be driven off of the internet. I read earlier today that um, Bella, is it Bella Thorne? Is that her name, Eric, from The Last of Us? Um, it's Bella, Bella Ramsey, sorry. Bella oh, Ramsey. Bella Thorne, Bella Thorne's uh, another character there. Yeah, 
uh, Bella Ramsey left Twitter because of the toxicity she was getting from playing that character. And I don't know if it was because of that character's sexual orientation or was it just because of her gender or their gender? Who knows? But that the toxicity hit so much that this actress um, or actor, um, depending on which way you look at it, because um, some um, females prefer to be actor, um, that they were just doing a role that they wanted to do. And, you know, all this negativity comes at them just for doing their job. So fan culture can definitely become awful. But yeah, that's where I sit with fan culture. What I think fan culture is, we could have a whole episode devoted into the toxicity of it. Well, I think what it boils down to, if you want to boil it down to, always remember that it is a derivative of fanatic. And fanatics take all shapes and forms and all different levels. And that you must then be prepared that if you are enter the realm of fandom that you are going to meet all kinds of positive and negative uh-huh. forces in there. You're going to meet people who are devoted and whatever is the sorest definition you want to find for fanatic, but you will also find people whose fanaticism takes on that evangelical protestation, but also can be incredibly dogmatic to a level that then becomes any deviation is therefore, you know, evil. Or a mutation, as some Florida legislators said about gay people. But let's not diverge. Let's talk about something else that's fanatical then. Let's talk about my fanatical movie marathon. We have been doing. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, um, I've mentioned it multiple times at this point. Doing a movie marathon for my New Year's resolution of watching every Marvel movie that has been made. Um, we're not talking MCU. We're talking if it's a Marvel comic book movie, a movie based on a Marvel comic book. We are watching. I'm watching it to be specific. So this week I watched Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, and Fantastic Four. I liked it so much. I watched it twice this week. That's not true. I watched the 2005 Fantastic Four and then the 2015 Fantastic Four. This week, Eric and Dr. John both watched the Fantastic Four from 2015 with me. And Eric watched the 2005 Fantastic Four also. So this should be really fascinating. Three of us, actually all of us have watched them, all the three Fantastic Four movies. Mm -hmm. But in this marathon, two of us have watched all three of them um, in a fairly recent time period. So I'm going to be very excited to see how this this conversation is going to go. So let's talk a little bit about the Fantastic Four from 2005. It was a Fox Studio production, about an hour and 46 minutes. It is an origin story. Um, I had seen it before. Tim Story directs it. Mark Frost and Michael France wrote it. John Oatman, or Oatman, I think autocorrect kicked in. I think it's uh, um, Oatman, uh, was the composer. Our cast was Ian Gifford. Wow, autocorrect is awful. Iron. Uh, Ian, Ian Gifford was Mr. Fantastic. Jessica Alba was Mrs. Fantastic or the Invisible Woman. Chris Evans. Sue Storm. Sue Storm. 
Chris Evans, the the Captain America himself, or John's mom, it's the Human Torch. Michael Chiklis, the Commish himself, was the thing. Julian McMahon was Doctor Doom. Carrie Washington as Alicia Masters. Laurie Holden as Debbie, whatever. I don't think they actually say her last name in the movie, but it was um, the thing's fiance. And Stan Lee playing Willie Lumpkin in Willie Lumpkin's first appearance, which is kind of fun. Stan Watch. Stan Watch. Do we do, since we got Chris Evans, um, Eric, do we do we do a uh, Human Torch, uh, you know? Oh, the Human Torch fucks. Like, let's be Everyone honest. Everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He fucks like half the movie. <laughs> that is a horny bro right there. <laughs> like, it is such like an early 2000s. Like, here, the women are just like, you know, props at times. They're like, oh, here's the ski thing. I crashed and now I'm naked in this like pond. You want to do it? She's like, okay. You know, yeah. it's sad, but in like <laughs> retrospect, I was like, oh, look, before he was Captain America, of course, I was like, oh, look, it's that guy from Not Another Team Movie. Yeah. yeah. He was good at that. He enjoyed that. So, Eric, here is what the Fantastic Four looked like in 2005 in the comic books. Um, okay. They basically, well, I just noticed this image. Um, what was this comic artist thinking? Uh, Sorry, I just noticed that I was looking at that image. Um, so that's what we got. It's two piece. It was. And then this is what we got in the movie. So not, the not, bad. not bad at all. Um, I actually like Thing. Thing looks really good in this. I'm just gonna say it. It could be better, but that's a that's a practical suit I, that they put him in. I thought the same actually watching it again. I, I remembering it before watching it, I was like, no, it was horrible. But watching it, it was like Kind of worked because like it, he looked held together, you know, which yeah. you're kind of used to from the comic books. The sound uh, design's so cool too. Did you notice that every time he moves, you hear like rocks shuffling? Yeah, like kind of. Yeah, it's it's really cool that they did that. I I really appreciated that little he, bit. He's very accepting of his new reality, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he he's both obviously he hates it, but like he also is like, nope, this is who I am now. All right. From what I can remember, the strongest element in this movie was the banter between Thing and Human Torch, really. Yes. It is they did well there. It is so good. It is so comic, like perfect. Like that is the relationship we should be having Mm -hmm. um, between those two characters. I love this promotional shot. Um, that is definitely so one thing that I when I went back and rewatched this. I was thinking about obviously the the first one that we watched, um, Mm -hmm. but I was thinking about the effects and Johnny's effects actually hold up way better than I was expecting. They do way yeah. better. I mean, it actually looks really good. You can see the four emblem on the suit. You can tell that's Chris Evans there. I mean, it looks good. The flying. There's a couple of shots. Obviously, it's 2005. CG's not perfect. There's a couple of weird shots, but all in all, it actually holds up. Um, and I really better than what they did ten years later. Yeah. And then Mr. Fantastic stretching, it's, uh, it's stretching. Good. It always yeah. looks weird, but some for some reason, other than the the scene where he um, slides his hand under the door that first time, uh-huh. it's the only one to me that looks re- actually no that very there's two. graphic, you know, heavy yeah. on that one. That obviously. one <laughs> and the um the when they're on the bridge and the car's falling and like he stretches down and then we you oh, see that yeah. he's got him. That shot's probably the worst shot to me in the whole movie, but it still holds up. I think I think part of it as I was watching it, I, I, I felt like 
going back to the fact that they kind of look like they're comic book characters um was the fact that like that's kind of what made it work was that it yeah. was comic booky at times and and they just fully accepted it and went went forward with it yeah, and they and they feel like a family like yeah. the banter yeah. and everything especially like sue and johnny yeah. is great yeah. um it I, I just something about it the one thing i don't the way they handle stuff in the care i don't like how sue and I think it happens in the second one, if I remember correctly, is the butt of the joke a couple times where she has to like she's in public. Oh, yeah. And she has to run and get away from people. And instead of just making her clothes invisible, which she can do, they establish that she can make other things invisible. Right. She has to take off her clothes. And then for some reason, she magically can't go invisible anymore and she's there naked there was absolutely no point to that yeah scene that in was this bad. movie yeah and not only that like it in terms of the story she didn't do anything like almost like you got to do this and like there was no reason why she had to do it the, yeah. it was like to get through because like we can't get through and then all of a sudden they meet her on the other side which is why they couldn't do it in the first place so yeah. like it it was just it was gratuitous and, and gross to be honest i felt yes. kind of bad like I was like, "Oh man, these this is how it was." I I fucking probably had the Maxim magazine she was featured in at the time. Yeah, I mean, th- there's the this promotional shot I'm showing you. Why is that promotional? <laughs> yeah. Why does that shot exist? It should not exist. All it's, of her clothes this, were were framed that way, if you will. Yeah. Um. So so the, the villain, real quick. So this is what Doctor Doom looked like at the time period. This is how he looked. Um. This was the first incarnation we got of him as he was mm-hmm. starting to change. I don't weird. I don't like I don't like that what they did to him, but I'll we'll talk about that in just a second. I just want to say they've never gotten Doctor Doom right. I would agree with that. They've come close, but they've never gotten it right. Yeah. Um this is him in when he's actually got his stuff on. And I then looks... this is um him with just his mask. That's yeah, not good. Yeah. I'm uh, so uh, the cast I don't hate it. This shot here is the best. Yeah, I don't, of the I, I don't hate the costume. Yeah. So yeah, I with, hate the, I hate the transition though. You're right. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the, the cast. So I think I actually think Ian Gifford is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he he makes a perfectly serviceable Fantastic Four, uh, Mister Fantastic. Now the rumor is in the new movie we're going to be getting um oh um Kyle uh, Kylo Ren no, Adam Driver. Thank you. Adam Driver looks to be the one they're about to sign. To play Mr. Fantastic. Really? Yes. He yeah. seems to be the one that's where all the rumors are pointing to. Um, everything I've been reading says that it is like all but like signature on a paper. So we could be getting him. So I don't know how that'll go, but I was fine with this Mr. Fantastic. He felt fine. Yeah. His accent was a little all over the place sometimes, but he felt fine. <laughs> um, let's Michael Chiklis. Uh, to me, it was perfect casting. Yeah, I w- I was hesitant at first because I loved the shield, but then watching him in this, he's so good. He did yeah. a good job. Yeah, I thought he nailed it. Jessica Alba. I don't I understand think she... this choice. Um, I, to this day, I don't understand this choice. This was this. She was the hot thing in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I moment. get that. I'm just like whenever I see her in like this blonde getup. And you know the little the little zip down showing the cleavage. She might as well be like. I, it's sad that I think Casey, you and I know somebody who uh, who could have cosplayed as her as this version. Yeah, 
Oh, she's the of the family. She's the weak link, and I like her as an actress. I think she's fine. Well, but this was she was underserved in the eye candy. This was all eye candy. Yeah, from from a writing perspective, at that right. I mean, she was horribly written as a character too. Yes. Well, she's also the purple. She she is the uh, Alba had nothing to work with. Not. Not that I'm I'm sticking up for her as the best actor ever, but like it was a horrible script, and, and no, that's they, what just, I was gonna say. they made her a prop basically. It that's was, what I was going to say. What's the term for um, you're the thing everyone's going after, um, or the thing flavor, flavor of the week? No, not not that. I mean, like the <laughs> item, the object everyone's going after, um, the MacGuffin. Oh. She is the MacGuffin of this. The whole, mm-hmm. all uh. of this is because. Reed wanted to hook up with her, missed his shot, Doom got her. She oh. didn't want to be with Doom, and then Doom gets pissed when she goes back to Reed, her true love. Yeah, the Fantastic Four origin story is basically just a love triangle. Yes. <laughs> and that that is what all this rivalry is about, is the fact that mm. Doom couldn't get what he wanted. So I'll talk about more about that in a second. So she is definitely the weak link of this. I would say probably the strongest person in this family is Chris Evans. Yeah, his comedy was shining in this movie. You could tell he was going to be a star. Yeah, in he this had movie. charisma for sure. Now for Doctor Doom, I actually like um, Julian McMahon. I liked him in Nip Tuck. I think he's actually good in this. I actually learned his dad was a former prime minister in Australia. Oh, interesting. No, I think he's good. He's got the good charisma. I think he's not serviced by the script in this one. You know, the script just keeps falling apart in a lot of places. But yeah, no, I thought he was pretty good. I enjoyed him. He looks like, in my mind, what like Doom would look like as like in out of his mask. Yeah. Um, And he has that arrogance to him. I think if you chopped out the love story, this could be a great like Fantastic Four movie. That, yeah. That's fan honesty. service, though. That's what that is. The love story, the love triangle is fan service. No, the the, yeah. the love not good, the not love well done. It's just bad Hollywood writing. In my no, opinion. but I'm just saying that's why the love triangle exists. It's a fan service. It's just not well executed because one, it doesn't really seem to fit, and two, you created one of your triangle members is an incredibly weak link. Yeah, yeah. So, talking about a little bit about the movie. um, it starts off with that Fox logo. The music, Eric, you just watch this today, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Does the music at the beginning make you think of X-Men? I know we're watching that next week, but it immediately, like the way they were doing the music right off the bat made me think of X-Men. Like oh, the yeah. X-Men movie. Everything about this this movie made me feel a little bit X-Men, but also a lot of like Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, I can see that. I do like that. Well, <laughs> I want to comment on the deal. So I, I cracked up when when Reed is there talking to Doom, like that little deal at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Doom's like, you're going to give me 75%. And Reed's just like, okay, I'll give that. <laughs> I would like, I mean, it would be nice if I got like, I don't know, a little more. No, he doesn't <laughs> even do that. He's just like, okay. Like that was, that's Chris cracked me up so hard. I'm like, you're not even going to fight back. Like at least do like 60 40? <laughs> it's 75 25. Like anyway. Sorry, I'll that was, take it. That was just one of those things to me that just started with this movie. Uh, but this movie moves fast. Did you notice that? Yeah, like it was it was it was it was well paced for sure. This movie clips. 
I it it maybe moved a little too fast at the beginning, and and you know there wasn't a lot of um, setup for these people. But part of me didn't hate that based because I actually had watched the the one we'll speak about in a minute, uh, the twenty fifteen one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had watched that one first, so that took a long time to set up. So yes. so maybe split the difference somewhere when the MCU does it, uh, if they even do a, a an origin story at all. I, I kind of hope they do, but I, I'm hoping they'll do something. There, like there's that. no good one out there yet. So, right. Um, now, jumping way ahead, now when they've got their powers, mm-hmm. um, Eric, when Ben was changing, because remember, he has like the upset stomach yeah. where they're having dinner, and then he goes yeah. off to his, his room, and then we see like right before he lays down on the bed collapses. Was it just me, or did it just sound like he was just horribly, horribly constipated? <laughs> like just horribly constipated or like he was going to explode out the rear soon you know one of yeah. the other you know like definitely something uh something rough happening in his guts yeah and then we go to the weirdest... that's kind of like the excuse he uses too this that is true it is the excuse he uses. now then it gets to like the weirdest thing to me so he turns into the thing he goes to new york he calls up his fiance hey debbie i'm outside i don't feel good she looks out the window she's wearing her lingerie She's like, oh, baby, let me come see you. And so in she, New York, she just goes outside her lodge. Right? right. I said the same thing. Like, the hell? I'm like, what is going on? I don't even think she was wearing shoes. New York City. Like, I think they're in Brooklyn. No, I think they were her slide on, like, slippers or something Oh, did like she that. have? Okay, I'm yeah, glad you noticed slippers, but yeah. I'm still confused. Because I looked, and I was like, the hell? Yeah, like, what is she doing? Again, oh. this, this movie is not written for women and no, it's not it is. written to accurately represent women or women's thinking about everything <laughs> the least bit is this women trying women is this movie trying to make women uh paint women in a good light no it is no. it is all over the place I don't, I, I'm, i'd be surprised if they had many women driver uh writers in the room i, I bet you there wasn't a single one <laughs> I, I i don't know I don't, i'm gonna see what, what imdb says i'll check it out yeah I'll you look up that real quick so now jumping to to Doctor Doom, one thing I wanted to mention, and John, you definitely jump into this because you know Doctor Doom's history. The <laughs> fact that they give, first off, the fact that they give him powers, like mm-hmm. I didn't mind him being on the ship or the space satellite thing, the orbiting the station. I didn't mind that because they could have sealed him off and it would have been fine. That right. thought didn't bother me. The fact that they give him powers and then they like give him like electromagnetic powers for some strange reason. And then his skin starts to turn to metal again for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. Truly hated that. Truly hated it. I hate that. I don't know why they did it. We're going to see it again in a minute. Yeah. Why Why can't we... John, why the fuck can't we just have Dr. Doom be Dr. Doom? I don't know. They always want to be... They always want to shoehorn him in. And these movies, they try to shoehorn him in as being like the dark side to the fantastic four. And I'm like, well, he is, but he's not powered. He's like Lex Luthor to Superman. Yeah. You know, he builds things to destroy them. Like Lex Luthor builds to destroy Superman. He is the counter to Reed Richards, but without the powers, he's the intellect who builds his suit to, you know, rival them but yeah i don't i don't yeah, know he's just vain he has the mask because he's vain he's got the the facial blemish which changes in the comic books whether it's horribly disfigured or just a little scratch it shifts and changes 
But yeah. he's just smart. But if you remember, there was a time in the comic books where they were like, oh, he's also, he's gypsy and he knows gypsy magic. Like in <laughs> that point, you're like, what are you doing? That's like when they tried to like ma- match him with Wanda. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, I hate, I hate that the movies do that. Just stop. Just give a smart Dr. Doom who makes Doom bots and he's just a pain in the ass to everyone because he's a dictator in another country and always has diplomatic immunity. And can never get anything pinned on him. Can we just have that once? Just once in a movie? Sorry, I'm off my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> has, has Doom ever worked with Ultron? Because isn't Ultron coming back? Yes, he's worked with Ultron. I can oh, yeah. see, like, maybe that's a good way to bring him in as that sort of version of Doom. Yeah, then there's rumors well, we're going to always... see soon. You can always a lot of him as Iron Man. You know, he's always had a tussle with Iron Man, too. Yeah. And mm. he's had problems with Kang. I mean, there's so many ways you can bring him in. Oh, I know. He's 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 got his hands in everything. I, yeah. I don't I don't think Kang is the doorway in at the moment. No, but I mean, I mean, is like <laughs> but what I mean is like he like there's connections where like he could be trying to stop Kang to steal Kang's powers or mm. like there's there's connections. He's so deeply connected to all of the MCU are all of Marvel comics, you could easily get him in any way you wanted to. He's, He's incredibly foundational, particularly in yeah. the comic book universe. There's mm-hmm. a lot of ways to bring him in. There's not limitations on this. Right. He's not like, um, in a way, Ultron. Ultron kind of had to be brought in through the Avengers. There wasn't really a, a way that made complete sense bringing him in some other way. Well, we, just always... substituted, we just substituted Tony Stark in place of Hank Pym. Yeah. You know. So... Well, so if if they reboot uh, Fantastic Four, who would be a better villain than than Doom? So the rumor is they're going when they do the reboot, like the new movie, that the villain is going to actually be Galactus. They're going to set up mm. Galactus coming. Oh. I want, I personally want the Fantastic Four to go to the neg. I want I want the movie to be a period movie, start in the sixties. I want them to go into the negative zone or the quantum realm. And I want them to find a nihilist who we've never seen before on film to stop him. They get their powers from exposure in the negative zone. Because actually, if you remember in Ant-Man Wasp, when Janet comes back from the quantum realm, she has some powers. They ignore her powers later on, but she has powers and abilities. So why couldn't the Fantastic Four get their abilities in the quantum realm? Then when they come back after fighting Annihilus, they didn't understand that time works differently and they come back in modern day and it's a family out of time, out of place. Mm. That's how I would do it. And then you could you could even have maybe when they originally go through, maybe Victor Von Doom's father goes with them and he dies. And so that's why Dr. Doom has such a hatred towards Reed is because Reed killed his father. You could do something like that. There's lots of ways you can play with it. Interesting. All right. All right. But that's that's what I would personally do. And then, of course, while they're in the quantum realm, they could accidentally call Galactus um, to our to our planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there, there's there's possibilities. So I want there's one other little thing I wanted to mention um, before I get to the, the end of this movie. I love God. I, there's like a montage where you see Johnny being a dick to the thing, and I love it. It just makes me happy when he puts the shaving cream. Makes itself at the face, and then there's a scene where it's right before Johnny gets the branding on the suit, 
And he's like walking around with the popcorn thing in his hand and he's just popping popcorn in his hand. I'm sorry. I just had to mention that. I love that. <laughs> I love that scene. All right. So then we get to the end of the movie. Um, I don't like that thing. Uh, Dr. Doom was able to turn thing back to human, but it happens. But then we get a fight, a very weak fight, a stupidly weak fight. And I don't understand when they like super heat him and then turn his whole body into metal. It's very strange. Very strange. I just I mentioned I wanted to mention that point specifically because it's gonna be something I want to say in a second. But some if, some fun facts about this movie that I learned while watching it. Um, Michael Chiklis was actually a huge fan of the Fantastic Four, and he fought hard to make to like do a real costume. They wanted to do like a CG thing, and he pushed for an actual costume. So go, Michael Chiklis. You made the right call. Hmm. Paul Walker was almost cast as Johnny. So we could have had a Fast and Furious crossover here. What if Chris Evans had instead been cast in Fast and Furious? Whoa. Oh, that I actually wouldn't mind, but I don't think I would like Paul Walker as Johnny. No, no, no. Chris Evans killed it. <laughs> he would have looked good. He would have looked right as Johnny, but I don't think he would have acted it right. And before. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Well, one, one other quick thing um, before that. I'm about to just jump to that, I promise. Um, Hugh Jackman almost got the role of Reed, like really close, Ooh, almost got the role of Reed. So we could have had that um, casting in there. And I'm glad Hugh stuck with where he was. So at that time, he would have actually been in both movies. So he would have still been doing X-Men. So you would have had Reed as Wolverine and Reed as, or sorry, Hugh as Wolverine and Hugh as Reed. So, no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, it wouldn't have been that good. So as as, as dr evans um was is saying so now we have the sequel so this movie ends with a, oh sorry and carrie washington i didn't we didn't mention her really what a weird that. weird character moment but i i feel they serviced her fairly well that she's probably the only female in this movie they didn't just write off horribly and i don't understand why they didn't give her enough screen time but they didn't write her off like they could have and so you know, I'll give her as a bright spot of this of this particular movie. Okay, so the um, the second movie, Rise of the Fantastic Four. This was two years later. Um, also Fox, a shorter movie. Um, they shaved off some time. Um, um, we, uh, mentioned before we had Stan in the other movie. Um, so this one we got Tim Story coming back. Um, uh, Mark Frost is writing it again this time with Don Payne and John Oatman does the music again. So it all thematically ties together. We have the whole cast back that we had before. This time we're adding in Andrew Bregger as General Hager, who originally they were going to use Nick Fury and they couldn't use Nick Fury. So that's why we have this particular general. We have Lawrence Fishburne playing the Silver Surfer, doing the voice of the Silver Surfer very specifically. Originally, he was supposed to be the voice of Galactus, which we're going to talk about Galactus in two seconds. But he was originally going to be the voice of Galactus. So what happened there? Um, but then they chose to do what they do. So he becomes the voice of this. Doug Jones, um, who is in Star Trek Discovery. He is in a lot of Guillermo del Toro movies doing um, makeup work. He is the actual body of Silver Surfer and doing a little bit of mocap for Silver Surfer. Um, Bo Garrett is playing Captain Ray. And man, we have that same problem we had in the last movie, Eric, um, with women with Johnny. Mm. Uh. Well, they, and, they, and they set up for her because she becomes a herald of Galactus. The character becomes a herald of Galactus. Then we have this is this was surprising to me, and I didn't notice it until this watching. We have Stan Lee in this movie, which I knew he was in it. He's a, he's a guest, 
He mm-hmm. plays himself in this at the wedding scene. What? Because he's like, I've got to be on the list. Look me up. I'm Stan Lee. And then as they're dragging him off, he's like, I'm Stan Lee. I'm Stan Lee. But he actually plays <laughs> yeah. himself. It's the All only right. time in the MCU yeah. he plays himself. Stan Watch indeed. Yeah, Stan Watch indeed. So we've got our, we've got the basic stuff. So at this point in time, um, definitely the Ultimate Comics was big. So we had two versions of the Fantastic Four. So we have this basic version of Fantastic Four. And then we also have the ultimate version of Fantastic Four. Um, They were a little bit younger in the ultimate line and a little bit nerdier. Mm. Um, But other than that, everyone kind Mm. of still is the same costume wise. They don't really change anything up. I don't believe their costumes got any different. It's all the same essential um, costume look. It, the only difference is this time Jessica Alba didn't want to dye her hair, so she wears a wig the whole movie. Hmm. Hmm. Um, right. But they do eye make, contacts in this one too. I think she had to do eye contacts too in this one. Those look weird. They made her like slip into an uncanny valley a little bit. Yeah. Um, they improved Johnny's flames um, and his human torch look. So I think that is th- way better than it was before. Yeah, Silver Surfer is good looking too. Silver Surfer looks great. So this is he's always looked basically the same, but this is his first appearance, Um, Mm -hmm. and so he pretty much looks exactly the same. Like this is probably the most comic book accurate design in any Marvel movie. Period. And I love when they take off the shine when he loses the board, and it's like the gray makeup. It looks really cool. Um, I love I love this movie when when Johnny. It's the ability, like you touch Johnny and you you switch powers. I just I love the shot where he and Thing <laughs> switch powers. It just cracks me up. Mister uh, um, Fantastic Man. I don't know what the uh, the dance sequence. Oh god, the dance sequence. Now Galactus. So Eric, Galactus is a giant guy who wears purple and blue. Massive. He eats planets. Right. We get a storm cloud. <laughs> a, a cloudy butthole. <laughs> a cloudy butthole. It's a good way to put it. Uh, and then Doctor Doom. So this was kind of fascinating um, to me. I learned that so like this is one of the costumes that even stand it. Like no one liked the costume, so they actually tweak it a little bit. And I I noticed that when I was watching it, they actually try to make the mask more comic book adjacent. And get him up, and it does look better. Like once I like thought that saw it, uh, read it, and then I started looking at it, I was like it actually does look better costume wise. Still not great, but it's better. All right, yeah. so Fantastic Four. It picks up almost immediately. The first movie ends with the proposal. This movie begins with the wedding. It's just right off the bat. We're going again. It is like moving along, it is clipping along. Um, we get this the awful dance sequence that I mentioned. This is like the Spider-Man 3 dance sequence. I don't know why they did it other than we need to show Reed use his powers, and this is how we're going to do it, is him right there. And that's at his bachelor party. So he the bachelor party gets interrupted. Sue ends up seeing what's going on. And then after it's over, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Sue, what you had to see at the bachelor party. And I love when she's like, oh, but you didn't like if you would have known what I did at my bachelorette party, 
Oh my God, was that crazy? What did she do? I want to know what she did. What did She's she got do? invisibility powers. Did she have a little extra fun on that bachelorette party? Like, Nobody knows. I don't know, but there's a whole other movie that we could have there. It probably actually exists. Um, you probably can find the movie if you search it very carefully on a certain website that starts with a P. All right. So Dr. Doom, I mentioned a second ago, he me- they like melt his skin. When he wakes up and comes out of this, he just basically, they cut off his mask and somehow he's basically got his normal body back. I, I don't understand how does he get his looks and maybe they explain it when Silver Surfer like hits him with this blast of energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but it wasn't 100% clear to me. So I don't understand. I was just very confused, but they start taking off metal and Dr. Doom and I, I was like, are you just removing his skin? It was just really weird. So I don't understand it. All right. Going through the basic plot of this movie is Silver Surfer's come to this planet. Galactus is going to eat this planet. Dr. Doom wants to board. Fantastic Four need to stop him. Dr. Doom double crosses Fantastic Four. Everyone double crosses Dr. Doom. Big fight. We get the closest thing we're ever going to get to Super Scroll in this movie when all the Fantastic Four give their powers to Johnny. And he goes up there and fights Dr. Doom. And actually an interesting fight sequence. I actually didn't hate it. And then they save the day. And that's the movie. I mean, it's it's a super easy, fast story. And I kind of dig it. I, I think the first one's better. Mm. But if you take out the Galactus piece, if Galactus wasn't ever shown in this movie, I think it's kind of a, a watchable movie. Mm. Um, it's weird that Silver Surfer blows up Galactus which was just bizarre, but he does it. And I was like, did he survive? And then there's a scene at the very end where we see um, the surfer open his eyes in space because they were going to do a Silver Surfer spinoff. There was actually going to be a sequel to this and then a Silver Surfer spinoff, but this movie kind of bombed. Yeah. So um, that's this one in a nutshell. So yeah, um, yeah, it's watchable. I think it's perfectly (laughs) fine. Go ahead. I think they're both watchable. Actually, the first one's still good. First, one, I, yeah, first, one's first one bad. slaps. First one's not bad. Not, yeah, first one's not bad at all. Three and a half stars. Right. Three and a half. That's what you get. You're going to tell us now. Three and a half stars. That's what you gave it. Oh, wasn't I supposed to say now? Um, I was going to wait until we got to the end. All right. All right. All right. Uh, scratch that. Scratch, scratch that from that. the record. Let's scratch go. that from the record. All right. Well, speaking of scratching from the record and speaking of records, Eric, recommend us a library. That is a record pun that's not working. Um, all right. So today's library, um, I'll, I'll get to the reason why I chose it shortly, uh, but is in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, uh, zip code 70806. Uh, it is the main library I chose, uh, which houses more than 500,000 books, movies, uh, electronic resources, and a uh, artwork that circulates uh, in terms of the collection. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, the uh, East Baton Rouge Parish Library technically is the full name, and it's actually a main library, uh, which is the one I'm I'm kind of speaking of mainly, and 13 community or regional uh, branches from there, uh, and several several sorry bookmobiles. Uh, so it has a staff of more than 540 employees for this library system. Um, it is open a cumulative total of 958 total hours weekly. Um, and you can do additional outreach service right uh, through them, uh, and they do it as well uh, for local schools, daycare centers, retirement centers, um, the like. 
Um, this is another school, uh, sorry, public library system that is open daily. Uh, so you can go any day between two and six, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so the Sunday hours are what what pushes it back to two. Uh, so I guess you got to probably go after church, uh, Nolan, kind of uh, the south. Um, and then the reason I chose it is also what it's near. It is a 10-minute drive from the Celtic Media Center, uh, which is listed as one of the main shooting sites uh, for our upcoming movie that we're going to be talking about, a Fantastic Four, the 2015 version. Uh, so that's that's the East Baton Rouge Parish Library. Uh, so for all of you in Baton Rouge, that is your library system. Go check it out. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. I think I will check it out. In fact, I'm going to check it out right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick intermezzi. And I'm going to go check out a library. Woo. Be right back. All right, we're back. So let's talk about the final Fantastic Four movie that we have to watch. We'll be done with all of them. So 2015's Fantastic Four, again, still Fox, longer than the last movie. And yet again, another fucking origin story. God damn it. Stop with the origin stories. Sorry, even though I want an origin story later on in the new one. Josh Trank directed this. Yes, maybe. Um, writer Simon Kinsberg actually wrote this or had a hand in it. Jeremy Slater and Josh Trank with some music by Marco Bretman and Philip Glass. I don't know what part Philip Glass actually did, but he did it. So there are cast. We got Miles Teller as Reed, Michael B. Jordan as Johnny, Kate Mara as the best Sue Storm that we've ever had. And I'll get to yeah, my reasoning. Got the hot, yeah, yeah, I know I, you got reason. I'm going to get to the reason of why I think she's the best. The, that has nothing to do with it. I have a reason for it. Um, <laughs> Jamie Bell as Ben Grimm. And I believe I'm right. If I'm not mistaken, Jamie Bell was the movie Billy Elliot, I think. Yep. He was. That's what I thought. And then um, Toby Cabell as Dr. Doom. Reggie, like an afterthought. Yep. Reggie Cathy. Who I love him as an as an actor. Oh my god, put him in. Well, but they, he actually might have passed away, I think. But he was so good in this, um, and I love him and everything I've seen him in. He's um Doctor uh, Storm, and Tim Blake Nelson as Doctor Allen. So he's one of the few. Actually, two of these have crossed over, haven't they? We've got Tim Blake Nelson. He's an in Incredible Hulk, and then uh, Michael B. Jordan obviously is in Black Panther. I don't think anyone else has crossed over yet. Oh, I meant to say a minute ago, speaking about the casting, the rumor for the new one for Sue Storm is uh, Vanessa Kirby, by the way. Ooh, so I'm I'm down for that because I, I think Vanessa Kirby is a great actress. So. Reg E. Kathy did pass away, by the way, 2018. That's what I thought. I, I thought he had passed away. God, he was so good. Yeah, he's a good. He was. A Why good did we lose that? Why does everyone have to die? God. All right costumes all right so very quickly this was the time period where marvel pearl mike pearl model were having the fight with the studios and so he like they'd cut all the fantastic four comics for a long time x-men had been cut they kind of just started to come back at this point so this is how the fantastic four was looking when they come back oh that was really enlarged um we have this little look the costumes are like weird and red Mm -hmm. And this and it makes no sense. And then Doctor Doom. I mean, he was always classic Doctor Doom. They didn't really screw with him until he became what is it, John? Was it? It's not Emperor Doom. 
what was it? What did he become for a minute? Um, no, he became he became God Emperor Doom in, in Secret Wars. Is that what they called him? Was God Emperor Doom? Yeah, he's like God Emperor Doom. Okay, yeah. like I say, I can see the the costume in my head. Yeah, so the, white and gold. Yeah, this, this is the worst Doom, by the way, in this movie. Oh, oh we're about. Oh to, yeah, we are about to go into he's that a week sure. afterthought. Um, so. Rob, speaking of the costume, so you saw what they looked like in the comic. This is what we got. This is what we got. Now, if you take out the fact that they're not wearing costumes, truly, I don't think this shot's that bad. The marketing for this movie is, we, we, I mean, we watched the trailer before we started yeah, recording. Was, Something was about the marketing is actually decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they look in this shot kind of cool. Ben looks what I would kind of think that's like my one positive of this movie is wow Ben looks like Ben but yeah. then we get uh, why why does Reed I just oh my god oh the Reed costume we got um her costume is just as bland and boring well, they, they weren't really costumes they were exposure suits designed to help them control their power we never got right. that far yeah right so look, me, my one of my biggest criticisms about this film is nothing actually substantially makes them a quote unquote team until what the last thirty minutes. Even then, they're not a team. I know nothing actually happens. Really. Nothing actually yeah. happens. So in this why, movie. <laughs> why is Ben naked? Sorry, I'm going to keep it on the costumes for a second. Why is Ben naked? I mean, you don't see his thing, so <laughs> you don't see his thing. Um, but he does at least the design looks cool. He I does, do like the design. Does, okay. Yeah. Johnny Before, Storm looks like Sunspot, not Johnny Storm as Human Torch. Okay. So I want to talk very specifically about um, Johnny for just a second, all right? I have a major problem with Johnny's look. We're not even talking about the actor and the way he's written yet. Because I have another problem with that. Not the actor. I like Michael B. Jordan. Um, my problem, so the first problem with the look. Okay, in some shots, like this shot I'm showing you where it's just a quick shot, it looks okay. But then they do the shots. There's one particular scene oh, where yeah. he's talking in his flame look. And a lot of the time, his face has this weird look to it. Did they mean to make it look like while he's in flame, he has blackface? Yikes. <laughs> because it does. It does. Absolutely. I, mean, like, I said he looks like Sunspot, and what is Sunspot but a Hispanic character? Right. So, but what were they thinking? Why could know. they not have done like Christopher with Chris Evans? I don't know that I caught it at that time, but yeah, it, it is. I didn't think of it like, that way, but it makes sense. Yeah. There was something off. Everything's really dark, and so I just felt like this was another dark way of showing it. It's kind of this burning skull sort of look yeah. at all times. But not no. school, like you know, the the flesh still on there, just everything right. burned away from it, basically. Now, where, where I mentioned, like my problem with the character. All right, it's it's cool that you make that you have them be adopted. I actually think it's an interesting idea. I I think I prefer because I've seen both ways now, and I know how the comedy is. I think I prefer them being like actual brother, like sibling, sibling, brother, sister, blood related, because it it's a different dynamic than adopted. But adopted's still fine. My problem is Johnny's supposed to be a fun character, a funny just asshole who is bro. He's like that college frat guy. He's not supposed to be super smart. He's just the frat guy. 
They made him a chip. You made him have a chip on his shoulder yeah. kind of thing. It was like he was. It was almost as like he he was the adopted kid. Yeah, yeah. They also this and this goes to where I'm like, it looks like he's got blackface. They made him like they were like, all right, we got him on here. He's you know everyone else is white on the team. We're gonna have the one black guy on the team, and you know what? We're gonna play up every stereotype we can possibly do. Trouble with the law? Check. Angry? Check. Doesn't like want to work with anyone? Check. Like everything they can do stereotypically, that's not right, not accurate in he real gets life. Gets along with Reed pretty quickly. Barely. Yeah, the person he does seem to like give a yeah. rat about. Yeah. But Reed Reed kind of doesn't patronize him at all either. That's the other side. That is like, true. Reed doesn't patronize. Like, like Sue's well, a little patronizing. The the Doctor Doom guy is just. I mean, he's just a bad character, horribly right. all around. So, well, like he's the, the one character who welcomes Reed back. Yeah, without yeah. judgment. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to Victor. Ugh. All right, I feel like he did. So, we didn't even need his character in this film the way it was designed. We d- we don't need his character the way this is designed. But Here's... there really would have been nothing that happened. <laughs> so remember on the last movie, I said this: the whole plot of this movie is you've got Reed likes Sue. Sue doesn't go with we him. We got to force Victor. that too. They did that here. Oh man, he only doesn't rough. like Reed because not because Reed's smarter than him. He doesn't like Reed because he sees Reed as a threat to getting Sue. Every shot, every single shot. I was yeah. paying very specific attention to it. They make a point that if Reed is flirting with, flirting in quotes, um, use like again with Sue, he happens to pop up there and he's pissed off. And then Ooh. somehow Reed will change subjects and then he's like, oh yeah, you did build my machine. I don't get where they were. Like, he, he is completely an afterthought. Now, I hated him when I first watched this movie. But I think because uh, this actor is in the TV show The Servant on Apple TV. And I think because of that, when I see him in his Victor side, I don't mind him now. But I cannot stand him once he becomes doomed. They should have just like, he dies when he goes over. And then they something else happens and that's why they have to go back. But bringing him back is this weird right. thing made no sense whatsoever well it's, it's like, like, like they've written themselves a movie and didn't know how to end it it's like oh let's bring him back and have him threatened well they kind of did this movie had a lot of reshoots <laughs> can i can i tell you something that i think there were things about this movie that i liked but the thing that i didn't like was that everything they were trying to do was forced and mm-hmm. underdeveloped and i kept thinking to myself this would have made a great 10 episode television series yes that was what I kept thinking. I kept thinking to myself, this would have been a great like prestige television show on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Yep. Absolutely. Like it could have been we could have like drawn all these things out and built because I mean I generally kind of like the idea of where we started with Reed and Ben as kids and we got I love that. Sort of, yeah, That's we got some sort of scene development. In the movie. And yeah, and then they brought them forward and I'm like, okay, could we have like and I like the fact that we had the back the the Baxter Foundation in the building, yeah. and totally I totally like that whole idea that it was like a school, four line. But I felt like all these good things were so underdeveloped, half baked. Yeah, 
that they no. never really felt like they landed. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, they get a facility. The government gives them a facility. What? Right. Bullshit on that. I one. was like, holy Bullshit. no. No, they would have sent you to back to that little base you were in and experimented on you. Absolutely. I think what is strange is that the government taking over thing works. Yeah. Especially so, in a post 9-11 kind of world we are. It works, especially right. in the types of things that we think about with the MCU as well. Yeah. And I, I want to get to that. Um, I, what I want to, I, I meant to touch on this second ago when we talked about Reed, about Sue, and this ties into kind of where we were. I'd said that I think this is the best Sue that we've gotten so far. And mm. it's not because it's Kate Mara. Mm-hmm. This Sue is smart. Like True. they got her, like, yeah. on the intelligence level, she should be. She doesn't take shit from anyone. She's not a she's not eye candy, right? She essentially saves the day. She saves their lives. Yeah, no, I know. Like this, this is how I see Sue in the comic books. Is like this. Now they once she they all get their superpowers, then all of them fall apart as characters. But up until that moment, once Mm -hmm. she gets them back, I think that's a very well written Sue. Sure. In my opinion, then I will we get that. Then we get back, and this is so. I just I said that I love the opening of this movie. I think the opening is so strong when they're the kids, the kids, just the kids part. I mean, Once, it's it, strong by comparison. Sure. Well, I'm, I mean, it's fascinating. It's but to me, it's, I mean, what I, mean, I guess what I mean by strong is it's just fascinating. Like I'm like, okay, I can see like you're these two kids who. You know, you're opposites, you, but you're some reason you're friends. You hang out together. But then they go, but the second they become Miles Teller and well, Jamie Bell, it kind of, to me, starts to fall apart with that part. That's when, when the movie he, splits. When, ben, when young Ben catches young Reed mm-hmm. and he tells him what he's building and he says, show me. Yeah. He's like, I'll show you. You know, that whole thing. I was like, that's why Ben's with him. Yes. Exactly. Ben's like, Ben is, Ben may not necessarily be the smartest guy, but he's curious mm-hmm. and he wants to see things that are, you know, beyond what he normally sees. He wants to believe that there's something better out there, which is what bonds him to read. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. Like, I love the opening of this movie. That's strong to me, that part. Now, the second part of this movie that's strong. It, and this is where this movie's totally all over the place. When they come back and the accidents happened and Reed is crawling and we don't know, he doesn't know he's stretching, but then he's stretching and Ben is hurt. It becomes a horror movie all of a sudden. Oh yeah. yeah. For like 10 minutes. It's this interesting horror movie. And I'm it like, it kind of works. Yeah, It does. Like, I'm like, why isn't the whole thing like this? Like I dig this. This is cool. Yeah. And then it starts to fall apart. Because we start to get to like the manhunt and then Dr. Doom comes back. I will say that when Reed uses his powers to change his face, Mm -hmm. that was a good. Yeah, I like that too. I was like, that was Mm -hmm. something we didn't normally do. And I was like, I like it. He's on the run. That's exactly what he would be doing. Because that's how you avoid facial recognition. Yeah. And the fact that the military is using Ben as a weapon and they're Uh, training Johnny and trying to like um, weaponize them. Yeah. Weaponize Johnny. Like. It all makes sense. And the fact that Sue has figured it out and wants to stop and save Johnny, that makes sense. But then, again, Dr. Doom comes back into this movie. He's like, Dr. Doom, he's just Victor at this point. Can I I point out, by the way, so this whole movie at this point has been about them just going to space, 
getting their powers mm-hmm. and then coming back. It's literally been origin story. Yeah. Doctor Doom does not appear until I as Doctor Doom, like the the pro the yeah the antagonist of the movie mm-hmm. does not appear until an hour and fourteen minutes. You do not realize he is a villain until an hour and seventeen minutes. Yeah. Like it, it, there are less than twenty. There are less than thirty minutes left by the time that he arrives into this. Exactly. Movie. Yeah, and and until that point, you actually think that Alan is actually the villain, Ted Blake Nelson's character, Harvey. There is no. There, it's all yeah. Who no? Ah, it's so bad. a leader. Yeah. He, it's the leader. You must understand. It's the leader. The children are the future. Yeah, it it makes no Says sense. Reggie, Kathy. And so when it's I so bad. My understanding was I was looking this up and we knew that there was problems. I mean, it was very public when this movie was being filmed, that there were problems behind the scenes that Josh Trank was apparently a problem, but man, God, did it hurt this movie? I just don't. What else did Trank direct? Um, He directed uh, Chronicle, but I think he only did one other thing. Chronicle was cool, but it was overhyped. Yeah, he doesn't directed much, and then after this, he I believe he hasn't really directed anything because no one wanted to work with him after this. He had to do like an apology tour. Oh, Everyone was like annoyed with him. IMD being him, yeah. So he hasn't done. Yeah. Oh no, he Capone. did a movie called Capone, which I never even I didn't even know they did with Tom Hardy. Wow, Tom Hardy played Capone. Tom Hardy yeah. plays fucking everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So I mean, at this point. He had directed Chronicle, then they give him this movie, and then he does Capone. That's it. He's apparently doing something called The Rise of Theodore Roosevelt. Anyway, can, can we yeah, get so, to how bad Doom is when he does appear? Yes, please. Go, by all means, make me vomit. Oh, he is, Not your thoughts, just Doom. It's just like, he's just bad. I don't know. Like He's like... Uh, he's Victor Von Douche, right? Let's be honest, right? He yeah. just is all of a sudden like, all of a sudden, he comes back. He's like, I hate everyone, so I'm going to kill everything. A. B. He's not Doom. He looks like some sort of weird... I don't know what he looks like, but he is not... He's an ego-terrorist is what he is. Yeah, that's yeah. truly what he is. He's 100 because his whole motivation is... Earth is going to destroy our universe that I got stuck into. I will yeah, but- kill you all. What I was talking about is look at look at this like this picture of him yeah. like this cracked face like that's not a that no, doesn't it's, look like Doctor Doom to me at all. No, I, I agree. I don't know how it's, they it's got awful. there? I don't know how they got there. Lots of drugs. <laughs> I, th- I think they I think they had another villain in mind. I wonder if that's the case. I I wonder too. I, I don't think they ever had a. Villain. He looks more like the Silver Surfer than he does Doctor Doom. He yeah. does. He does. All right. So the final fight. I just want to say the final fight. Uh, there's some moments in it where I feel like they feel like the Fantastic Four as a team. I think it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but there's a couple of moments where they do things together that I'm like, oh, cool. And then it's just over and you're like, ah, all right. Did we really need to do that? I would have just let them go on to the other like universe and I would just seal the door and never let any of them back. <laughs> well, just be done with it. You know, I don't know how I felt about this and I kept thinking about what's going on here. And I thought maybe someone was reading the wrong comic book because that facility they get assigned at the end is called Central City. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that too. I was yeah. like, did someone think they were writing the Flash movie or something? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> God, this movie. So, so, all right. 
we all I think we can all agree this is not a good movie. No. So no. Take I want to take the thing out of it. All right. I think we can all kind of agree the thing is actually probably one of the better aspects of this movie. All right. Are Maybe we all the best aspect? Yeah. Okay. John, do you agree? Before I, I would give the, him and him and in a, and Sue Storm. Okay. Here's my here's the thing. Each one of us, I'll go first, so you have time to think because I've already thought on this one. We're gonna say something that we think is redeeming quality of this movie. Doesn't make it watchable, but just something we can see that's redeeming on it. All right. Oh. So I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go first to give you some time. All right, here we go. I think if you take the Fantastic Four out of this movie, it is a interesting sci-fi plot that could have gone if it's better written. I think you have the this gives you the building blocks of an interesting idea. Someone makes a thing, you go over to another universe. You, first you think you're just teleporting to another spot of Earth, but you discover it's another universe. You go over there, you come back, you have been fundamentally changed, and it becomes a horror movie at that point and just works as a thriller. And then some reason you need to go and plug the hole that you've created. I think on a fundamental level, you have an interesting idea. It falls apart rapidly in this movie, but I think the building blocks are there for something fascinating that I wouldn't mind seeing. I'm gonna build off you. I'm gonna build off you. I'm gonna build off you and say that if this had been a television series where we got to see them all as kids and we developed their characters better and we allowed it to sort of pursue that horror element more strongly, Mm -hmm. this could have been better. Because that last 30 minutes of trying to shoehorn in a villain yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. Eric, what do you got? <laughs> Come on. There's got to be something you can find redeeming. Come on. Let's not just completely shit over the movie. So I, I can't say the thing, right? Nope. You can't say the thing. Anything outside of the thing you can say. Come on. I guess I the redeeming quality is that they, they didn't sexualize sue storm right she is a strong character she is a a a strong female she is a love interest right i guess you could make an argument there i i I see but like from from going and seeing the jessica alba and the way that they 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 just kind of propped her basically Mm -hmm. um it was nice to see that you know sue storm in this one was an equal member of the team right And, and and completely felt like it felt like Nothing about her was a joke, and they would—they did not feel like they would have made her the butt of the joke either. Um, and so, a, as the other uh, the other people, you know, Johnny or or Ben or Reed, like, I didn't get the sense that they would be like, "Yeah, get naked and run through this crowd," you know, like. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, yeah, that's the best I got. <laughs> so we we've all seen the the three Fantastic Four movies, the three origin movies. What do, I mean. I don't think that anything's gotten it completely right. I think the 2005 has gotten it the closest mm-hmm. to it and feels and what I want, but we still haven't gotten there. Uh, what do you have any thoughts on the three, like just as a whole, the three, like storytelling, anything? Are we getting close? Do any, does any of it really? I don't like- know. It, 2015 makes me think we're getting further if that's the case from. It does feel progressive. From 2005, yeah. you know, like a, a ways away. I can um, agree with that. But that said, the instance of Mr. Fantastic in um, the new uh, Doctor Strange uh, 
yes. was a good iteration. I, I yeah. wish I could see that that actor coming back. Um, but I, it doesn't sound like that's the case. Uh, that said, um, yeah, I think I think I trusted an MCU's hands. I think it needs to be a TV series. I think you're right, John. I think it needs to really stretch out and, and show a character and really, really go into the ensemble. This is one of their first times. This I don't think this and the X Men would both work really well as TV series to to reboot under their their umbrella. What if we got? What if we got the origin reboot start in a movie, and then from there on out, their TV show until they need to come in to interact with the big movies? That could work. Yeah, I think I think that would be your those two franchises, the X Men and the if you could make them a Disney Plus kind of exclusive, mm-hmm. you would really boost your 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 subscribers at that point. I think, yeah, like they could easily be your Disney Plus only sort of boost, and then yeah, they do factor into the MCU. So if you're going to the movie theater as well, you're gonna you're gonna need to stay up on on the series and yep. and vice versa, etc. Yep, I can agree with that. All right, guys. So let's do some um, let's do some quick ratings on this on this sucker. So John, you only have one. So where do you put the Josh Trank Fantastic Four? What do you what's your score and what do you put it? Um, it I gave it two stars. Um, on my overall list. Yes, Eric and I are at the edge of our seat. Let's see where did I rank it? It is behind Punisher and before Howard the Duck. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's say it one more time. It is behind Punisher Warzone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And before Howard the Duck. And what's below Howard the Duck? The Incredible Hulk Returns, Nick Fury, Ultimate Avengers, um, Whoa, Roger Corman, Fantastic Four. You like Four. it that much? I liked it better. I mean, I saw more potential in it than some okay. of those other ones. Wow. Okay. I think some All of right. them are just garbage. Okay. I mean, like, I give I'm giving it a lot of heavy lifting. No, it's okay. Would have been. No, it's, it that's fine. Been. I'm just I wasn't expecting it to be that high on your list. I know it's but when we get done with everything, I mean, it's, it's gonna be way lower. Right but it's yeah, middle. that's fascinating. Um, Eric, what do you got? So the tr- 2015 or the 2005 first? What do you think? Let's do the let's do the 2005 one first since it's the older. All right, 2005 first is three and a half stars. I think okay, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, which places it third on my list. I did rejigger my list just a little bit, but not as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is right behind Planet Hulk, uh-huh. right in front of Hulk versus Wolverine. Okay. Um, and then now the 2015 one, I gave one star. <laughs> All right. Uh, I debated going lower, but I actually really do think that the thing and the CG they did for the thing, besides his naked thing being naked thing. Yeah. Um was a really good take and like if there's anything that is progressing in terms of where we're going mm-hmm. it is how they're representing the thing because yep. um, i even thought 2005 was good but obviously with better graphics now we're, we're we're where we're at now and i thought that was good um so at one star it is tied with the 94 unreleased fantastic four and in that tie, I would argue it is also basically tied in terms of placement. It is 13th on my list of 15 currently. Wow. Um, All right. And which puts it ahead of, and I just did it, I would say it does squeak ahead based on thing alone. Yeah. Um, it's it is ahead of the Fantastic Four of 1994, which yeah. is at 14. Um, and just behind the Incredible Hulk returns. Wow. All right. So I Put the Fantastic Four 2005 at three stars. 
Ooh, okay. Um, it is number eight on my list. So it's right behind the Incredible Hulk TV pilot. And those um, are behind that and then above Doctor Strange animated cartoon from 2007. Then, oddly enough, my Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, I also gave three stars, but it is be it is number 10. It is behind the Doctor Strange cartoon and in front of the Incredible Hulk Returns. Mm. And then the 2015 Fantastic Four, I got to scroll down on my list. It is two stars. <laughs> it is number 32 on my list. It is behind the Ultimate Avengers cartoon movie that we all watched back in the day. That was, that was rough. And it is in front of Death of the Incredible Hulk. So it is number hmm. 32 on my list of 48 things. <laughs> so that is where it is. I, I think two stars is too high for it. I'm surprised you gave it that many. I like that middle section where it's like a horror movie. I'm That's telling you. 10 and I, minutes. And it's and not I, even 10% of the movie. <laughs> and I see potential. And the, the, the idea is fascinating. Um, and then if I go through those other movies, you'd be like, okay, I would watch this over those. So, so all right. So next week, what do we got? We are getting into, ladies and gentlemen, the MCU. We are oh, finally it's there. It's time. We are in the MCU because of Deadpool is about to be part of the MCU, and Charles Xavier, Patrick Stewart is in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. So we are in the MCU, ladies and gentlemen. We finally made it there. So get ready, because from this point on, we're watching it all together. So, oh, Lord, here next we go. week we've got. X-Men, X2, and then X-Men The Last Stand. So you can watch some, well, the first one on Hulu and Stars. It might be on Disney Plus now, but it's on at least Hulu and Stars. And then the other two are on Disney Plus. Hmm. Right. Then we're going to do, just so everyone knows how we're going to do these X-Men, it'll be those three. And then X-Men Origins Wolverine, the Wolverine, then Logan, then X-Men First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix, that's our last big week. But I just wanted to get that series together. And then we will be doing Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and the New Mutants. So get ready for some fun-loving mutant time. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see how this works. All right. Now, let's very briefly just recommend something real fast. So very quick pitch, please, gentlemen. Eric, you are first. Oh, um, actually, my pitch will be uh, the new season of The Mandalorian. Um, I don't know if this has already been recommended or did I recommend it last week? I don't even know where I'm at anymore. Uh, but we finished it, it's really good. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Awesome, awesome, John. Go for it. Give us, I'm pitch. recommending a graphic novel that was recently done by um. It was Andrew Weiss and Box Brown is the artist called The Accidental Czar, The Life and Lies of Vladimir Putin. It's a what was that called one Russian more time? History. I'm sorry, John. What was that called one more time? The Life and Lies of Vladimir Putin. It's called The nice. Accidental Czar. Mm. It's actually history being told as a graphic novel. That's pretty cool. Who did the um who's the artist? I'm just Box curious. Brown. She's nice. done a lot of good stuff. I, and I apologize for making you um, repeat yourself. I was actually noticing um, that you, John actually has recommended The Mandalorian. So we got twice That's it's right. been recommended. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, um, And John, that does sound really cool. Can you actually send me the link to it? Yeah, um, I, I actually want to check that out myself. Yeah, I'm keep, always, keep, I love graphic novels. Keep an eye on that Mando show. It, you know, it might go places. 
We might see. Well, I'm going to circle back to Mando in a couple of seconds since we've all seen it. I have a question for everyone since we've done it. But I would like to say what I watched this week. Um, I watched a movie that Eric will never see in a thousand years. I watched Evil Dead Rise. And my God, is that movie brutal? <laughs> and is that movie, oh, it is intense. I really like the cast a lot. And they make, I mean, it is definitely a horror movie. It is not like the original Evil Dead, except for they make the Deadites dicks again. And their whole purpose is to fuck with you. And do they do that in this movie? So it's very fascinating. I like it. If you like horror movies, I think you'll really enjoy this one. It's it's really cool. Mm. So Evil Dead Rise. Um, if you're not scru- uh, squeamish, I, I want to point that out. It is very intense with the graphic violence. <laughs> so you're squeamish. Do not watch. Okay. We're going to take a quick second to talk about Mandalorian Season 3. Everyone has seen this right on this show, right? You oh, both yeah, all the it. way through, yeah. We've seen it all. Okay. I have one thing I want to ask. So spoilers. I apologize now. John. Um, wait, wait, one... wait. Spoilers, warning. This is your warning. Yeah. One hour, 43 minutes. John, that is the time code. Spoiler. Here we go. Moth Gideon. Is he dead? Okay, before you answer... Or actually, no, go ahead, answer. Just a yes or no. Is he dead? Then I'll go where I'm going with this. Yes. Eric? Yes or no? Uh, yes or no? Yes, Make a yes, choice. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. I say no. And here's my here's my reason and my theory why no. Moth Gideon, We have every time we have seen him, season one and two, he's got his very iconic mustache. When we see his clones, the clone is clean shaven. Moth Gideon, who dies in that sequence, is clean shaven. I think we watched a clone die. I don't think Moth Gideon's actually dead. I think Moth Gideon's coming back for season four. Okay. So, do you guys, does that make, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys on that theory, that fan theory? Yeah, it's my own where, theory. Where does season four go? This felt like an ending. It did feel like an ending. That's another. Especially thing. like the, you know, the, the him and Grogu out to pastor sort of feel. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could, I definitely think you're right that they now have a definite path to bring back Moth Gideon or Moth Gideon. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I I, I didn't notice that detail. I'm sure others did, but yeah, that's a good point that there is already a clone essentially that he, he sent out his clone. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are back. No more spoilers. We won't talk about it anymore. Um, And you have no idea knowing that if you would stop listening to us there. So, our fans in Belgium, we appreciate you continuing to listen. So let us do our homework real fast, everyone. All right. So last week, homework, I believe it was John. Yes. Dr. Evans told me to do the top 10 Marvel couples. I wrote Marvel movie couples. So I hope that's where we were going with it, not comics. No, it was MCU. It was MCU? Yes. Good. I'm glad it was MCU. I, I'm pretty sure I specified that. I You probably did. I wrote it down that way. So. That's I think that's what I did. So here we go. My top 10. Here we go. Number 10. Nope, I got to push the button right over here. Sorry about that. Top 10. Here we go. My number 10, Bruce Banner and Betty Ross from The Incredible Hulk. They're iconic Ooh. in the comic books. They are a couple. I like them as a couple. Bruce has been cheating on Betty, and he has not mentioned it since. He hasn't even referenced Betty. So when she comes back soon, <laughs> here's how that goes. <laughs> You're going to be best. All right. Number nine, Scott Summers and Jean Grey. 
They're an iconic couple. Mm-hmm. We just I made the case that the MC, that these are part of the MCU, so I'm keeping these in here. So yeah. uh, right, next up, number eight, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. Oh, okay. yeah, that's a fun power okay. couple right there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Number seven, Star Lord and Gamora. Yeah, I like this one. This was this is one of my favorite of those couples. Next up, number uh what do I got? I don't, I don't feel like we got to really see Star Lord and and, and Gamora be a it's couple implied. very much. I mean implied. implied, yeah, but we didn't get to see much of it yet. That's all I'm saying. We got to see a lot of sexual tension though. Yes. So it totally counts. I, that's, that's okay, look, if I'm you saying. put Bruce Banner and I've all right, I've seen this. Bruce Banner and uh Black Widow has been put up as a couple. I've seen it. That also is based almost explicitly on sexual tension. Yeah. So speaking of sexual tension, my number six, Pepper Potts and Tony Ooh. Stark. A couple oh. that is founded on sexual tension. <laughs> no, just a high tolerance for this is this nonsense. Is all right, so here we go. Eric, what is your number five? My number five is Tony Stark and Pepper yeah, Potts. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. They, uh, they're kind of the OG relationship. So, John, what's your number gonna, five? This is gonna be kind of funny. Same. Hey, <laughs> this would be great if mine was number five as well. Yeah, yeah. Way, way to go, Casey. <laughs> I really just missed, it. just missed it. Just missed it. But that is pretty fascinating. That well, front in a row. All right. Well, my number five. Wanda Maximoff and Vision. Mm, nice. Nice. They're great. All right, Eric, what's your number four? Number four is T'Challa and Shuri. Uh, I didn't wait a minute. Whoa, wait, wait. You just gave me shit. Yeah, because we're Star Lord and Gamora. No, but we talked about last week that Star Lord and Gamora, and you just did brother and sister. Well, because we talked about last week that a couple wasn't necessarily a relationship, but that it was like a pairing. (laughs) All right, fine. Right? Star Lord and Gamora? Okay. (laughs) Go ahead, Eric. Please continue. I was not giving you shit. I was giving no one shit. Hey, I want to take us back to that time when I was saying, all I am saying is that I have not seen that relationship explored in the MCU very much. You're ready for another brother sister combo coming up, probably. God. All right, keep going. Keep going. Wait, sure. was it supposed to be relationships? Because now I feel bad if that's the case. <laughs> so I, I never Tala and Shuri. Tala and Shuri. All right. Um, All right. We'll move on. I thought I thought they make a good yeah, they make a good pairing. All right. John, what's your number four? Peter and uh Gamora. <laughs> well, we got our first. Oh, actually, it's not our first. It's our uh, yeah, it's, it's my first crossover with you guys on the actual top five. My number four is Bucky and Falcon. You son of a bitch! <laughs> there it is. He did it. <laughs> All right, you Man. first off, tell me. There's that's a fan fiction between these two. Oh yeah, yeah. somewhere, oh, yeah. someone. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you tell me that, you know, I think Bucky would be okay with it. I think Bucky would be okay with it. Bucky looked a lot better in this than he had before. I'll say that. Yeah, right, cutting sorry. the hair <laughs> helps. Yeah, the hair, the hair helped. Well, also that arm, the colors they did for the arm also. Uh, the, the hair was a big. And the Wakandans know how to make metal better. Yes, they do. Sorry, I, I'm sorry, Eric, that I gave you some <laughs> shit. <because laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, Eric, what's your number three? Uh, Wanda and Vision. Because <laughs> um, I I really liked that show. I thought it was a great, uh, yeah, it was a great show. I really liked it. A great exploration of a relationship in the MCU. I will say they're also um, just a great couple. Sure. So yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, John, your number three. Clint and Laura Barton. Ooh, I feel they're no. underrated. You couple. went with an actual couple. Yeah, I was going for something. I thought I feel like they were a very underrated, underappreciated couple. And yeah. weirdly enough, yeah. might they might be the most stable couple in the entire MCU. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. Till we find out what her actual past is. <laughs> yeah, <that's very> <laughs> right, my number three: Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, there okay, was a really good. Down. Sorry, there was the only time the, the slightly off topic for a split second at the Comic Con. There was an amazing cosplay of Peggy Carter walking around, and I just kept running into her constantly. Um, but she had the TV show outfit on perfect, like oh, it, nice. it was an amazing cosplay. I wish I could oh, have gotten cool. a photo, um, but it was an amazing cosplay. Shout out to that cosplayer, Eric. What's your number two? Uh, Hawkeye or Clint and uh, Kate Bishop. Uh, so this is another one that is not a relationship in terms of the uh, the romantic way. Eric, it could she, be. We just <laughs> talked about his wife. So, but going back to the idea of a, kind of a pairing, I love this show too. I think it's an underrated show. I think not enough people uh, have watched the show or enjoyed the show. I, I think this show was so fun for me because of Kate Bishop and her personality and the actress playing her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought it was just a fun pairing. I thought... They worked well off each other, and I I hope I, I'd love to see a sequel to the series, but it, I doubt it. Well, we're getting think, spinoffs from it, basically. Yeah, we're getting yeah, that, no, yeah. I'm sure we we're not done with Kate or anything. I have a feeling we're going to get a sequel, but I think it's not going to be what they originally had planned. Hmm. I think we'll have like he's full. He fully passes on like the mentor role. I bet you is what's going to happen. Well, and maybe he becomes a man in chair. He's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be focused anywhere where there's snow in this one. It won't be. Yeah. A winter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no more winter settings for uh, for Hawkeye. Yeah. Number we two, love you, John. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> we do love you, Jeremy Renner. Number two, John. Number two, Steve and Peggy. Yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah. Nice. This it's Captain nice America classic. went back in time. <laughs> They're the classic, like. I, I don't want to use that term. They are the classic unfulfilled romance for the most of the entire MCU run. Until the mm-hmm. end of that last Until movie when Captain America Until goes back and fucks. Finally, <laughs> right? Finally. My number two, Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson. Mm. Yeah. They would be in my top ten. They weren't in my my top five, though. I, I, I wonder... Do I have them because they're my favorite Marvel, like my favorite like couple in the comic books? Like I wonder if that plays any of this when I picked them. Because this was this list actually I didn't have to like rearrange much. It was pretty like just it flowed the way I wanted it. What is on her shirt? Is this Mary? No one can see it. It does. I know, I know. I was hoping I was hoping one of you could tell me. Anyway, what Eric, what about Mary Jane? Sorry. Is who who was um the Kirsten Dunst Mary Jane? What was her last name? Watson. Watson. It's always Mary Jane Watson. Oh, except for this one. I thought, yeah, oh, I Mary thought Jane. she was different in this one. I thought they still, that's not when she says her name, Mary Jane. I thought they actually say Watson. No. Well, no. but that's not Mary Jane isn't her MJ. It's Michelle. Yeah. Oh, Michelle. Okay. Sorry. 
I will correct that. Am I? Um, yeah, that's why I was wondering if it was this this version or not. Yeah. Versus anyway, MJ, Peter, and MJ. That's Peter and MJ. MJ. There you go. Eric, what's your number one? Uh, Stephen Peggy, and basically nice. for the that we talked right the the oh. unrequited love, the the idea that they really are kind of these soulmates who finally were were able to make it together. Um, yeah, They're, yeah it's a great know. it's a great couple, and it's Captain America and Peggy Carter, like two badasses. So, Disappointed yeah. in you, Eric. Disappointed, John. What's your number one? My number one is Wanda and Vision. Mm. I just have I just can't drop them. They just I like them too much. I'm disappointed in you. Oh, oh shut up. up. <laughs> you know what my number one is? What? Wong and Madison. <laughs> 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 you know who I sh- I just it just came to my mind who I should have put on this list, who actually probably should have been in my top five. Daredevil and She Hulk. I just almost, thought they it. were there in my top ten. Uh, I should have got her. They are in my top ten. They did not make the top five, but or or um the I I don't know their names off my head, but the 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 two um like the, par- the paralegals paralegals yeah. yeah they're a great they're going to be a great couple in season two there too but I lo- like the couple, moment but, yeah. the moment I got this pairing this is all I want I want a <laughs> I want a show where it, I want Strange Academy where Wong is teaching future superheroes like American Chavez how to be like superheroes and Madison is there as like his girlfriend and just like <laughs> doing crap in the background so I'm what is going on? Someone's moving stuff around, Eric. Was I? <laughs> anyway, that, that's our that's our top 10, ladies and gentlemen. So um, I believe it's Eric's turn yet to be featured in the MCU. Oh well, I'm sorry. Wow, well, way, way to ruin it. Wait, Eric, wait, what is my what's my top 10? <laughs> I'm gonna do uh favorite uh 10 characters who have yet to be featured in the MCU. Okay, so um, this we are talking about literal MCU. Yes. Right? Yes. So okay. the MCU as we know it today. Do I we guess. want to do we want to make it the core phase movies so that X-Men characters can be brought in or does it need to be things taking out X-Men and Spider-Man what we've seen in those movies? No, no, Spider-Man exists in it. Um and I would say I guess X Men exist in it too, based on what we've seen. So right, far. But, as a, but could I say I really want Apocalypse? Has he been featured at all yet? He's been in X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> oh yeah, then no. Wait, okay. yeah, because that 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 group has already been featured in the MCU. Okay, that's what I wanted to check. Okay, so yeah. okay, so no, you can't you can't use them. Okay, then I got I got this list. I know it's who it's all gonna be. All, I, I'm gonna struggle. I'm gonna have to do a lot of research for this one. Yes, you are. I'm like this is like a challenge for me. I think for some you reason, screwed yourself on this. But one. arguably, the Fantastic Four is not in there yet. Well, yeah. wait, no, they are. No, they're they not are in there. No, Reed well, is Reed. You so Reed, you will be screwed out of be only because Reed himself, but he has a wife. He has a wife, but so those Sue. movies, those particular movies that we watched this week, neither one of them are part of the MCU because that is not the same Reed. Correct. Correct. But Reed so, is gone and arguably Reed, Stu? No, I don't so, think Sue's. I don't think I think Sue is fair game. All right. All we right. do not see Sue. She's just right. referenced. And they don't actually say your wife, Sue, just are you married? So we have to have seen the character, right? Not reference. Needs to, we need to see the character. All right, I'm done with that. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> All right, I'm glad that you will allow it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you all 
for listening to us, especially our Belgium four. Thank you for listening to another long episode of Off the Reels. Remember, you can write in at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Let us know how far you actually make it through the podcast. We'd love to know that. And just, you know, let us know how we're doing. How are you doing? How's your day going? What would, what would you be recommending for homework assignments? What are your top tens? Yeah. Or top, you know, top fives, whatever. We're down for whatever you would like to recommend or just tell us. So please like, subscribe, click those buttons. Listen to us on Spotify, on Amazon Podcast. Is that what it's called, Eric? Is it Amazon Podcast? I think it's Amazon Podcast. Apple Podcast for sure. Um, you can listen to us at Acast. Uh, we believe some of you are listening to us through Acast. So yeah, just listen subscribe recommend us all that stuff all that rigmarole we'll get better at that recommending part it's a it's work in progress we're new to this or are we never know am i crazy i don't know eric are we all crazy no it doesn't matter anyway it's late thank you for listening it has been a joy as always thank you gentlemen for the conversation thank you all yeah good night good night Welcome back to another episode of the Not Funny Guys Presents Off the Reels. This is episode 54 of the one and only genuine bonified Not Funny Guys podcast, the internet's number one podcast on, po- on library. He's speaking in tongues. We do that. <laughs> I heard it was, I heard something in my mind just went, ah! Okay. Save this for the hundredth episode. <laughs> it's just gonna be the all the, back. the all this will be for our blooper reels one yeah, day. Exactly. Blooper reels. Let me reset the timer. <laughs> Had a good little breath going on that too. I know, I know, I know. It's public <laughs> you know what honestly, I think what my mind triggered was it maybe doing the number one whatever podcast, changing it every week. Is where my mind started <laughs> to trail off to as I was trying to read it. Uh, so let's not do that again. I don't know. Unless you guys want me to do the number one best podcast of blank every week, I'll change it. But your call. All right. Here I go again. Still recording. So I know. I know. I know. John, I'm going to clap my hand real quick so it doesn't Ooh. spike. So you know where the where the actual timer is. Three, two, one.